Welcome to Nightlock, a Hunger Games podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to the 46th episode of Netlock Podcast, where we cover anything and everything related to the Hard Games franchise, from news stories, book analysis, fan fiction, to related music, product reviews, as well as other fun segments. My name is Matt. And I'm Kira. And um, Mariah's not here today, but that's okay, we'll go on without her. Um, <laughs> we have a few news stories to cover, including new posters to discuss, the, was it, Kane Film Festival? The Kane Film Festival, and more. Um, we will continue our chapter analysis of Catching Fire with Chapter 19, which is the first chapter Katniss is in the arena. So it's an exciting chapter. So far, we've had kind of boring ones. Um, yeah, it's been a slow start for this book. Yes. And then um, a brand new segment, which will be debuted, titled Would You Rather? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, and so there's lots to pack into this episode, so we're just going to keep it uh, short and sweet with all this. Um, we'll try. We'll try. So we'll go on with the uh, pen and post then. All right, and as you guys know, we cover the most major news stories in the Hunger Games franchise since our last episode. And as Matt um, introed before, we will be talking about the new. Uh, uh, is this the first official Catching Fire poster? No. Well, well, we had the um, we've had the, the ones where, like, portraits, and we've had the ones where like Katniss and Peter are standing in front of like they're dressed in white. That's true. So this isn't the so first official one. So this is not one. the first official poster. No. This is one of many. That's right. I, I didn't know if we were considering the Capitol portraits a poster or more of a portrait. So, but I suppose we can call them a poster. So um, this poster, the new one, was released last Tuesday, the 21st, via the Hunger Games Instagram account, exactly one month after the tra- after the trailer debuted at the MTV Movie Awards. Um, and we was that I think that was our last episode that we discussed frame by frame the trailer. I believe it was. Yeah have to check on that but i think it was um so this poster depicts katniss standing tall and like a rock perch, and she's sporting a gray scarf around her shoulders and she has her father's brown leather jacket sported in the last movie as well um and her uh she has lace-up leather boots and the caption reads the sun persists in rising so i make myself stand and is the it... quote is also from the hunger games oh, really? book. yeah um and it's kind of cool because the clouds in the picture are kind of oh, arranged so cool. like Mockingjay wings. So it's kind of making her the Mockingjay, um, which is pretty cool. I think it's a nice little touch for uh, us hardcore fans. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they have the Harems Catching Fire um, uh, Mockingjay pin on fire um, logo. So... I don't know exactly, like, where would this have been taken exactly? Is this just kind of like like the wedding photos where it's just kind of just abstract? It doesn't have to do with exactly a certain spot in the books? I, I think it could be like that. Or it could be just like during the during the arena. They took it of her, but I don't know if she had her... It doesn't really have she that didn't have, She didn't have her father's other jacket, though. No. And so, that's not what the arena looks like no. in the 75th Hunger Games. Um so, but I really, I do like it. It is fierce, but it's not, like, in your face, like, other fierce. I think it's just kind of bold is the word to describe it. Okay. Um, and just, That's good. Yeah. So, I think it's a nice poster overall. Um, so, our next piece of news is um, the Hunger Games cast, including Jennifer Lawrence, Liam Hemsworth, who he plays Gale, Sam Claflin, he plays Finnick, and director Francis Lawrence, made an appearance at the Keynes Film Festival to do to debut scenes from Catching Fire last Saturday, the 18th. Um, and so there was quite um, a few good quotes that gives us more insight on how the movie's, how Catching Fire is going to be different from The Hunger Games because of the new director change. Right. Where we went from Gary Ross to now we have Francis Lawrence. Um, and Jen says, visually it's a lot bigger this time. We get a lot deeper into the capital and Katniss is trying her new life. Trying to get trying to get her life back together after the games and suffering from post-traumatic stress. Okay. So I think she that's really the essence of the whole book, not really pointing anything particular. Um, and I think that's all stuff we could have assumed, so nothing really new there. Just no. It's good that they're on track. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, and Frances Lawrence shared, My style is a little different in terms of the way that I photograph things, and some of the costumes have grown and changed a little bit. It was fun, and I think I brought my own stamp on it, but still stayed true to the world that was created, which I have way more faith in him. Uh, I mean, after seeing the first trailer, I was like, all right, he's doing a good job. Like, I feel like it's going to be a good movie. And you even said you liked it better. You feel like it's going to be a better movie. Oh, my God. It's going to be such a better movie. Yeah. I think the cinematography is going to be better than The Hunger Games. I think just everybody's makeup and 
um, the clothes and just the way he films things, as he says, the way I photograph things. Right. Um, so I, I definitely think it is going to be better. I feel like it's going to be longer, too. That the Hunger How Games was, was Games? I want to say it was... Two hours? Two and a half hours. hours. I'll take a look at that. That's not how you spell That's not how you spell hunger. Oh my gosh, I'm typing at an angle. Oh my god, oh my god. Um, it's 142 minutes. Oh, okay, so that's so. like 142 uh, divided by 60. So two, and like, a, two and a half oh, hours. Oh, so it was longer than I thought. Okay, so it was two and a half, and hours. half hours. Um... So maybe it won't be longer, because that would be super long. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, Sam but Hap- no, but that's the thing that, like, movies are doing now, that they're saying that, like, they're charging more for movies, mm-hmm. and in return, they're going to make them longer. Yeah. So they're going to have, like, like three-hour movies, three-and-a-half-hour movies, because you want to get for what you paid for. That's long. I mean, that's, like, Pirate of the Caribbean is, like, I know, three hours. But, Titanic like, was, like, three Despicable hours. Me, for example, it was just, like... It was what, what an hour and a half, and you paid like. I think kid movies are that? much less. Right, because they don't have because the they tolerance. Don't have an attention span longer, but I think Hunger Games. I mean, there is such a wide audience, but they're going to have it match like the time length. They're probably going to match it like young adults and everything. So okay. We we have longer attention spans, especially if it's Hunger Games. You know, you're more drawn to it. <sighs> so many emotions. It's like, <laughs> you can't. And Sam Claflin, who plays Fennec, shared there are things that are slightly fabricated only to create a more dramatic moment. So, again, I feel like that's just kind of common sense. It's like, yeah. You kind of have to do that, Of yeah. course. Just, like, a perfect example is during Peter and Katniss's kiss, they shoot to Gale. Was that in the books? No. Was that in the movies? Of course, because they want to dramatize But that's not really dramatic. That just, made, that just made it look stupid. Well, they were going for dramatic. It didn't end up coming out that way. It did but. not come out as dramatic. It made it come out like, wow, he's really desperate and pathetic. Right. And... Ugh, stupid. So stupid. Ruined yeah, the moment. It did. It ruined the moment. It ruined the whole moment. Definitely. And so, at the Canes Festival, um, Landscape set up an enormous display outside the hotel where their event um, was being hosted, and it included a magnificent gold Mockingjay pin, which looks like the lines of a clock kind of around it, which I think is kind of the new symbol, where it's hard to see a lot of the times because we usually see a small symbol. But, so that was pretty okay. cool. Let's see. Um, let me, do you have it? I want to see it. I do have it. Oh, there's the platform. So, it, it was pretty big. I... Couldn't wow, tell you how many huge. feet tall it is, but that that's pretty big, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, to the sides of it is the um, it was uh, like a moving poster, so it was um, it was like a TV screen, and then they had the Mockingjay pin just on fire and going like it wasn't just a picture; it was you know oh, a video. Really, that's really cool. Yeah, so it was nice. Um. And so moving on to an, our next news story, the Hunger Games and CoverGirl have teamed up to produce a Capital Collection beauty product line. Haven't they done that already? They were with China Glaze nail polish before. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're doing it again. I don't think it was that popular with fans overall. Like, I think it did okay, but it wasn't, like, wildly popular or anything. Okay. Um, so this uh, new Capital Collection beauty product line is what they're calling it. And it will feature CoverGirl products that were used on the set of Catching Fire to transform the Capital residence. Uh, the interesting part is that the capital people's purpose is to satir- satirize how ridiculous people look with a- pounds of makeup on, but yet CoverGirl wants to take this on as, like, the capital being, like, their spokespeople. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, oh, look at how great they are. Don't you want to look like them? It's like, no, we don't want to look like no, them. No, you don't want to look So like it's them. kind of weird. Like, the whole point of the capital people is to show how ridiculous people are wearing makeup. So it's kind of weird that they teamed up with them i mean i understand it's like makeup looks good sometimes i I think i don't think so i mean i think it's just focusing on like the futuresque part of society it's not really like showing how ridiculous people look with makeup because some people look good with makeup other people don't need makeup but it's just like right i'm just saying overall the capital people like capital people the point of them is to show the extreme you know what i mean so no, show, like, the I think makeup. no. I think it's more of like conforming to society. The, like mm-hmm. that's just showing how like prominent it is for people to be socially accepted and to like conform to everybody else. That's a like, part of life, just wearing makeup. Like yeah, I don't think it's okay. just sort of like showing that makeup to the extreme. I think it's just showing like if that trend started by like a select group of people, then mm-hmm. everyone else is going to follow that trend. And if you're the only one who's dressing normally, you're going to stick out. Right. Like well, then it wouldn't be normal. Exactly. <laughs> but it's kind of like the opposite of what it is now, of what it is today. Like, people wear, like, decent makeup, but if someone who's dressed like the Capitol walks around New York City, they're going to stand out. People are going to look at them. 
Right. So oh, it's probably, it almost the roles like, are reversed. In, in our world now, like people like Lady Gaga, Nicki Minaj, Katy Perry, like they look like capital people. Like you think about it. Yeah. If you had to pick someone in our society that looks like capital people, that they would be them. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so who is this? Sorry. This is a cover. The cover girl uh, campaign is coming out this fall. And so you can catch it then. And they were, uh, basically they're saying, um, in this quote I'm looking at is that, uh, uh, they're thrilled to collaborate with Lionsgate on such a bold beauty partnership with the release of, um, Catching Fire. So they're promoting each other. And I wonder, did they actually use all CoverGirl makeup for the movie? I wonder. Mm, mm, Cause that, that's... that would be a good partnership. Like we're going to use all your makeup for the movie and then we can us. promote each other yeah. that way. Because I feel like then it's more authentic. It's like, yeah, we actually use their makeup. I'm sure they did. I hope so. Because otherwise it's just, it's phony. I don't like when companies get together and like, yeah, let's just say we do this for each other. You know? Have real relationships. Uh, I'm sure they did. Um, And Paula Kupfer, the Lionsgate Vice President of Promotions and Consumer Products, um, also talked highly of the partnership, saying that they're excited to announce CoverGirl as the exclusive makeup partner for The Hunger Games Catching Fire. So not even just The Hunger Games, it's just for this movie, almost. Um, and if it works out well, they'll probably do it for Mockingjay as well. Um, and so they were just saying how it's uh, partnering with an innovative brand like CoverGirl to create an additional layer of beauty storytelling and inspiration for the fans is a new territory that we're delighted to explore. So, basically, it's just people saying, buy our products. Okay. Their fancy way of saying that. All right, so we're going to move on to Through the Eyes of Katniss Everdeen with uh, Kira. Go ahead. Okay, well, as we said, and we have been saying, we're doing Catching Fire. So we are officially at part three, The Enemy, which starts out with chapter 19. And we left off with chapter 18 with Katniss going up in, I always forget what it's called. It's that tube that brings you up into, it's just like an maybe elevator. it doesn't have a name, maybe I'm just going crazy, <laughs> um, going up into the arena and so once she's locked in it and waiting to rise up, um, Cinna gets attacked. So the peacekeepers um, attack Cinna, and we can assume that they um, killed him. So Katniss is very absorbed in thinking that, and then all of a sudden she has, after just witnessing that and worrying about is he still alive, if he needs, if she, <sighs> sorry. That she needs to perform now and she needs to save her life because she's starting the Hunger Games. Right, right. Um, so that's what's going on in her head right now. And so she's thinking about all this. And again, remember, we do have 60 seconds before she can leave the, her platform. So she she explains, like, she owes it to Cinna to, like, try and actually win and, like, do well. Like, does she, she can't just, just die she, right now. Does she describe the arena now? No, no. that's on the next page or next couple pages or something. So we don't know what it looks like right now. Right. And so after she kind of convinces herself, okay, I got to try, I've got to perform here. She, um, she forces herself to answer, where are you? Where are you? And so now she starts explaining the arena, which is interesting because I think a lot of times when you read a book, you kind of skim over that and you kind of like make up your own world. So to actually kind of go line by line is is interesting like oh like i didn't picture it that way i pictured it this way right so she describes um the cornucopia is 40 yards away from her and there are thin strips of land kind of radiating from it kind of like a clock uh-huh. um <laughs> it was so bad and she describes water everywhere else and there are 12 spokes with two tributes kind of on each so that's kind of hard to like a mat, I don't know. It's hard to visualize. I get the twelve spokes kind of coming out from the cornucopia, mm-hmm. but then I guess those spokes divide off to have two platforms. That's kind of what I'm picturing, right? Because you can't have two tributes right next to each other. No, but describe it to me again. What does okay. she describe it as? Do you want me to like read it? Yeah. Just okay. Like, what does she say? It appears to be sitting on a circular island. She's talking about the cornucopia. Okay. But on closer examination, I see the thin strips of land radiating from the circle like spokes on a wheel. I think Uh, there are 10 to 12. Obviously 12. She gets that later. They seem to be equidistant from one another. Between the spokes, all is water, water, and a pair of tributes. Oh, okay. So, like, 
the way I'm seeing it is, I'm going to draw it out for you, and I'll describe it as I'm drawing. Good. So, so you have, like, um, a massive circle here, the Good. cornucopia is in the center, Okay. and then they come out like this, right? Which kind of radiate from it. Yeah, and pretend those are 12 They're stars. like radiuses. Right. And and then pretend that a tribute's right going to be here, here, here. Oh. That's the way I Between see it. Between the spokes. I think That's they're actually the at the end it. of the spokes, though. Or, or you no, think... No, because they're in the water. You're right. They're not on land. They're right. they're like kind of floating. Right. Or oh, I or I see what you're saying. So is you're that, saying that they're between the spokes, just to be clear. Or or what you're saying is that they're on the outer edge here. Another Where this is circle. all water. Right. Because there's no land. Like, there's no land is like Around where them. they can see. Now... Reading back and talking and looking at a lot of pictures from when uh, the Google Earth pictures came out of where they were oh, filming, yeah. remember that? Yeah. Um, well, there they only have one piece of it, and then in post they replicate that to have a whole arena. Right. So they have one, um, I forget exactly what they call it, like that, um, where they're coming off from, where they show up, their disc, kind of, okay. for lack of a better term. Okay. So, when I first read it, I pictured this all to one side, and then the land kind of in a crescent around it with, like, okay. hills. But I think it's more like the land is all around it, and the cornucopia is really, like, the center with all the water. So, the center, the center is all water, salt water, which she finds out. So, Katniss shares a... I think we just decided it was, like, a, a spoke, that she is sharing it with Woof, because there's... 12 spokes and so there's 24 tributes so they each have to share one and she can't see Pete at this point um and she realizes it's salt water because a little bit of it splashes and she tastes the salt and everything and she's also describing that she's just floating on this disc and there are no boats or no no ropes or boats to like cling to or anything so you know she's figuring out oh I'm gonna have to jump and swim which luckily she knows how to do because her father taught her that in the lake pond um, in the woods of District 12. Right. So once the gong sounds to officially start the Hunger Games, she dives off to her left, um, gets to a land strip. Oh, oh, okay. So then I'm right. They're in okay. between the spots. Yeah, I think you're right. Especially the pictures we saw. Remember all the, um, I think they were not, they weren't official pictures. They were, like, leaked pictures of them filming. Yeah. Of that one with Josh and Sam trying to get on the, well, getting off the disc or whatever. Um, so she gets to the land strip and the cornucopia. She's describing that as one, um, destination. Then, uh, she says, she kind of forces herself to, I'm thinking like a career now. And the first thing I want to get is my hands on a weapon. And so you can see the difference between her, you know, a year ago compared to now, because a year ago she was inexperienced. She was an underdog back then, right. but now she really is a career. If you had to pick out careers, she's one of them. Yeah. And it's a lot of the social dynamics have changed of usually careers are one, two, and four. Whereas now they're from district 12 and yes, their Finnick is from four. So that's kind of, well, I also distant. think it could be like more sense of maturity with these groups of people. Like, because they're older and they're more experienced, like, they've done mm-hmm. this before, so they're not really going to say, like, the one, two, and four groups are always going to be their careers. They kind of, like, they're more assessing based on, like, capabilities, and because Katniss is so good with her bow and arrow skills, she's obviously going to stand ahead of some other tributes. And also, the other tributes are older. She's, her and Peta are the youngest. So, yeah, so Katniss and Peta are the youngest because they're 17. She... Finds there's a bunch of weapons at the cornucopia, and so obviously she goes right for the bow. And then she senses someone behind her, and it turns out to be Finnick. So first he kind of teases her, which I think this is totally unrealistic. Usually Susan Collins does it right, it's all realistic, like it could actually happen. Mm -hmm. But this is not. What? Because, let me find the exact part. Um... So, she describes Finnick standing a few yards away with a trident posed to attack. Um, he smiles a little, but the muscles in his upper body are rigid in anticipation. Which, he wouldn't be smiling, like, hello, like... I mean, it'd be more like they'd be nervous and kind of feeling each other out, right? And then he says, quote, you can swim too, he says. Where did you learn that in District 12? And then she responds, I have a big bathtub. You must. You like the arena? Not particularly, but you should. 
They must have built it especially for you. So they're having a conversation. Yeah. That's like, not okay. Why? They're completely chill about it. Because she knows but, that he's not going to kill her. No, she doesn't know that. He knows, because remember, everybody but Katniss is in on it. Oh, She's right. the one that doesn't know. So she, so because she doesn't know, Finnick doesn't know how she's going to react. They haven't known each other for that long. They've right. only known each other for maybe two weeks here, if that. So, okay. I mean, yes, he's ready, but he's having a conversation. You're not 100% Well, he's like, chilling, he's, like, chilling with her. I just feel like he's just trying to, like... It's just weird. And other tributes are going to be coming. Well, it's just the whole thing I don't like. He's just trying to, like, build a relationship. He's trying to, like, connect yeah. with her. I understand that. And I understand that he is... Because she's going to have to... She's going to have to trust him. Yeah. And you know how hard it is for her to trust people. Oh, yeah. This whole chapter, she wants to kill him. I mean, you know? And so, it's like... Keep going. Yeah. So, so this whole thing of, oh, you know how to swim, this brings up point, like, oh, like, Katniss just automatically, yes, I'm going to swim. Like, she's not thinking, oh, what are other tributes thinking right now? She's just, when you're in this, you know, war thing, you're only thinking about yourself, which is completely understandable. So, that makes her realize, oh, most tributes don't know how to swim. Um, and later in the chapter, they find out that part of their, um their outfit is, um, the, the belt around them is like a floating device. So all you have to do is propel yourself. You don't actually know how, you don't have to know how to swim in order to get off the platform and everything. Okay. Platform. That was it. The platform. I got <laughs> yeah, it now. Pl- okay. I've been saying disc. I don't know why. Um. Oh my God. <laughs> and so that leaves a lot of tributes, like not a good chance to survive. Like right off the bat, they're just going to be stuck there and then people are just going to take them out with like, you know, with an arrow just from, cause you could far away weapons, you know? Like, long distance. It just... I don't know. Like, I don't understand why they chose to have the arena be a beach. Why? They can choose it to be anything. It was a ruined city. It was Mm -hmm. a forest. It can be... They can choose it to be anything to be. I just don't understand why they had them start in the water like that. I think it's great to read. Because that could could be such an easy way to kill off tributes. But do they really... Well, ooh. I just brought brought myself up a good point here. I answered my own question. I like when I do that. Um, maybe they did this because they want these games to be quick, fast, and over. They don't want to draw them out like most times. Because they don't want anything to go wrong. They just want everybody to die except for one. Crown them. Move on. Yeah. They don't They don't actually want to have this be a long, lengthy process where it's dramatic. They just want it done. So that's probably why they did it this way. Okay. Because that way... More than half is... Because usually it's about a quarter to a half that are taken out in the bloodbath. It takes, like, what? Two weeks or something for them to do the whole games? It depends. But usually I think it's two weeks. I think the 74th was around two weeks. Average. Okay. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Because they just want to get it over with and done. Right. So, Katniss and Finnick are still right next to each other. And so they kind of start sizing each other up and everything. And then Finnick, um, being the tongue master he is here... Says, lucky thing we're allies, right? And he's wearing the golden bangle that Hamish was wearing that right. Katniss remembers him wearing. So that's a signal to her from Hamish, which they always have that. They have they're communicating even if he's not like there. Such subtle hints. All the time. So that's not even she says not even a signal, but an order that Hamish is giving her that you have to trust him. Uh-huh. Okay. So they don't have a lot of time to like well, do I want to be, you know, allies? I don't know. What's the pros and cons? They got to move on because everybody's okay, not everyone, tributes are not coming. Not everyone can, like, sit and consider it. I know. So they got to move on. So Finnick impales uh, the man from District 5 with a trident, uh, with his, you know, his trident. And so Finnick tells Katniss really quick, don't trust 1 and 2, meaning Districts 1 and 2, the tributes from there. And, um... So, and they work pretty well together for not knowing each other that well. Um, they both agree, all right, I'll take this side of the cornucopia, you take that side. So they really are kind of just taking over the place. Okay. And so Katniss tries to shoot um, Enobaria, that's how we're saying it? Uh, I guess, yeah. And um, she fails because she gets out of the way quickly and dodges it. So Katniss shoots Gloss in the leg and he kind of dives in the water um, after that. Because, again, they're in the cornucopia, which you need to swim to get to. So right. he goes back in the water. Then Katniss shoots Brutus, which it's not really... It doesn't really explain if he actually died right then. 
it kind of just explains that he used his floating device that's around his waist to kind of protect him. And it kind of went through, but it kind of went through his liver, it explained. And then there's purple everywhere. And I don't think she meant blood. I think she meant, like, the goo that was in the floating device. That's what I'm guessing, because purple doesn't really goo from you. At least not from my experience. (laughs) So Katniss gets two bows, two sheaths. Sheaths? Right? Sheaths. Okay. Sheaths, yeah. Um, Knives and, you know, a ton of stuff. She kind of just loads herself up with it. Which is kind of different from the last games, because last game she grabbed a backpack and had, like, nothing in it for her. And that wasn't even her plan. And the only thing she had was a knife that, um... Clove through at her. Clove. Clove. Um, yeah, and comparing it to the 74th games, even the, like, for the 74th games, she didn't have any distractions going up. She talked to Cinna, she went up, she was ready, you know? But in these, Cinna was attacked beforehand, and she still did better than she did in the first games. So it just shows how she's getting way better at last-minute thinking. Or how she reacts under... Pra- Split-second no, thinking, how she really. reacts under stress or yes, anxiety. that too. That she, she can reacts, just kind of go on autopilot. Lot, she does a lot better when she's under pressure. Which, I, I mean, so. a yeah. lot of people do, but some people just crack. It's it kind depends, of like determining, yeah. like, if you're capable... If you can handle yourself under pressure, then you can survive in the games. If, like... It's just mm-hmm. kind of like that kind of like predetermined thing. And you have to be able to like survive with little food and water and you just you have to be a be a survivor, you know. Oh my god. Stop. <laughs> and um so Peta is still stranded. Once again, Katniss is so focused on herself, just like the mutts. Like she's running away from them in the seventy fourth games and then she's like, Oh crap, Peta and she runs back. <laughs> it's just always like, Oh, Peta, like halfway through the chapter. So Peta's still stranded on the platform. And so Katniss and Finnick, I keep wanting to say, um, uh, fatness when I keep saying their names together. Yeah. It just, that's what my head goes to. That was a couple episodes ago we named that fatness. <laughs> um, so Katniss and Finnick go and, um, help retrieve him. And so Katniss is paranoid to trust Finnick. You know, so far he's been good. The probably 10 minutes they've been in the game so far. Right. But still to go out to PETA by himself, he could easily kill PETA. So, she's paranoid to trust him, but um, then Finnick indicates that he should get PETA because, you know, not in her condition, as he says. Because, again, she's she's supposedly pregnant. Which right. Which forgetting. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, it's so funny. This part is so funny. She's like, um, she's like, oh, right, I'm supposed to be pregnant, I think. While I'm trying to think of what that means and <laughs> how I should act, maybe throw up or something. <laughs> Finnick has positioned himself at the edge of the water to go get PETA. And he That's says, so cover funny. me, and he disappears with a flawless dive, so, going on about how he's amazing. Um, <laughs> so, it's just funny how it's, like, you think that she knows how, like, like, the symptoms of being pregnant, just because, like, I don't know, you live in District 12, like, it's not like you're isolated, like, you're around people. It's just kind of weird, like, how does she not know that? She's well, 17. She's, that's true. It's just kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if she's just being dumb, or if she actually doesn't know. <laughs> So then Mags approaches Katniss, and Finnick explains he can't leave her behind. And Katniss and Peter agree. Uh, Finnick and Peter are back by now. And so um, Katniss and Peter agree that it would be good to have Mags along because she makes good fish hooks, remember, out of, like, anything. She can just kind of create those. Um, and that's their best chance at getting a meal. Oh, something else I forgot to mention. At the Cornucopia, there was only weapons. There was no food. So oh. that was a big deal because Katniss was there and she's looking around and she's like, okay, like get the weapon first because that's first what she wants to get. But then she's like, wait a minute, there's no food to load up on. Well, Which I think I'm they pretty can sure ass- like all the other games has food. Well, I think they can assume that like if you're in like a surrounded by bodies of water, obviously there's fish so you're going to have to. Right, but you have to have those skills. Like there's no right. bread, there's no anything. Like, of course, you could have a sponsor deliver you bread. You know, right. we'll see if that ends up happening. But so. Uh, the four of them split the weapons and then take off um, into the jungle. And Katniss is not familiar with the jungle. She's She knows the woods, but not the jungle. The jungle is very um, thick and all vines and different trees. And she's not used to all these the different vegetation and even animals, as we get into later in the book. Oh, those aren't actual animals you find in the jungle. Those are like <laughs> animals. True. In their jungle, it is. It's weird. So then they climb through the jungle for about a mile before they rest... Um, and it's, that's uphill, so it's pretty good. They're in good shape as they've been training and everything beforehand. And when they take a break, Katniss climbs a tree to get a better look. 
and she says, around the cornucopia, ground, the, the ground around the cornucopia appears to be bleeding. The water has purple stains. So it's talking about all the tributes that died at the oh, cornucopia okay. because they pretty much went into the water. Because I'm imagining that the cornucopia, there's really not much land not occupied by the cornucopia. I feel like there's not a lot of room to stand, so you'd probably end up falling in the water. Okay. Um, and I'm imagining, like, the purple stains is probably a combination of, like, whatever liquid was in the floaty and their blood, obviously. Okay. Um, that's what I'm picturing. Okay. Um, so she was hoping, and this is kind of something else dumb that she said. <laughs> we need to keep, like, a running, running list See, of everything. You, this is why her, she annoys me as a character. I just... So she said she hoped people would show restraint, especially after they, you know, had that reunion together and they held hands on stage. Like, oh, that was come a big on. deal. That's so ridiculous. But obviously, as soon as you get into the games, every it's man's for themselves, pretty yeah. much, unless you have a really good alliance. Like, no, we're not going to be like, oh, okay, we'll be, we'll forgive you this one time. Like, you don't do that. And she thinks, and... This isn't like a game of tag. It's like... <laughs> I know, right? Like life or death here. Yeah. There's no juice breaks. There's no juice breaks. It's ridiculous. <laughs> And she says, and you all knew each other, I think. You acted like friends. Not like friends. They were friends. But then they're thrown into a ring together. They have to kill each oh other. Oh, my God. Katniss. Not much you can do, Katniss. One um, of these days. <laughs> and then she goes on. The, the line after this, like, it's all together here. I have only one real friend in here, and he isn't from District 4. It's like, duh. <laughs> like, what? It's she's just, so She funny. sounds like she's in second grade. Just like... I only have one real friend in here, and he isn't from District 4. It's like, get over yourself. Like, okay, oh, you mean Peter? Oh, no, no. Just dumb. So that that four lines just really annoyed (laughs) me. And now she's talking about I should get it over with and just shoot Finnick, which I understand where she's coming from. And that begs the question... Why didn't they inform Katniss what's going on? Why is she always in the dark? Because she can't keep a seat. Like, she's not good at, like, keeping a straight face, like, keeping a secret. But can they... Did Hamish really think that... Because, I mean, it ended up happening that way. But how could he 100% believe that Katniss wouldn't kill Finnick? Because wouldn't that be the smart, sensible thing to do? Because he's definitely the number one competitor to Katniss. Yeah, but I think it's more of, like... Because she's in the game to, like, protect Peeta. Right. But I th- no, because is this happened this chapter when Peter gets electrocuted by the fence? Yes. It's at the very end. Okay. But like when I think she was going to kill him, but then she figures yes. like when he revives Peter, it's just she kinda like gets a sense of like, oh my god, either he that he's here to protect Peter as well, or that he really cares about me and my our relationship and he wants us to like keep that together. So it's That's just- a really good point. Because so after she that, she really does trust him. Because yeah. why would you bring him back to life? Like, that's so easy to exactly. let him die. You didn't kill him. He died. Everything's great for you. Yeah. But at the same time, you didn't really answer my question. <laughs> well, it's great to point. Well, I don't even know what your question was. I was, was. saying, <laughs> listen, <laughs> how did Hamish, and, and everybody else know, Plutard, everybody that didn't tell Katniss, everybody that's, you know, in on this secret, okay. how could they... It's, it's those, it's, it's those insightful questions that throw me for a loop. I just don't know. <laughs> He's quoting Jennifer Lawrence, just so you know. Um, she plays Katniss. Uh, she plays <laughs> <laughs> So, my question for you, Matthew. Yeah. Is how could everybody trust her that she wasn't going to kill Finnick? Because he's a huge part well, of it. Because she doesn't, like... She because she was planning on it. But she doesn't kill people. She doesn't have the guts to kill people. Doesn't have the guts. Should I go over the list of people she's killed? Who? Oh my god. She like Are you okay, serious? she does Marvel. Okay, she's done all the shit. She's killed us she, in self-defense. She hasn't like knowingly just killed them just for the games. She's always had a reason behind killing them. When let me go back to when she shot people. She shot Gloss because She shot Gloss. But she, she didn't kill him. Baria. Not yet, no. She And she shot Brutus. We can imagine he died from that. And, and actually, wait, let me see if it's right here. I just, I just, I just think like it. she doesn't shoot people without cause. Okay. Here's my question. This ties in really well. So, Finnick... So, let me just read this short little passage. Um, Finnick <coughs> says, Because whatever happened in the past is in the past, and no one in the arena was a victor by chance. He eyes PETA for a moment, except maybe PETA. So that's Finnick's quote, and now this is just Katniss in her monologue here. Finnick knows 
then, what Hamish and I know about PETA being truly deep down better than the rest of us. I completely missed that. Okay. <laughs> Say it again. Basically, Finnick, Finnick is kind of pointing to that PETA is a better person than everyone else. Oh. And Hamish and Katniss agree. So that's kind of... Nobody actually said that particularly, but that's kind of what Katniss is summing up in that little statement. Okay. So... Obviously, the question is, is Peter really better than the rest of them because he hasn't directly killed someone that we know of? Because he, he might have killed someone. Probably not. Like that girl that had the fire. Remember? Was it you that wrote that fan? It was someone else that we wrote a fan fiction on the We show. read a fan fiction okay, about yeah. I didn't write it. That's right. <laughs> didn't read it. I mean, <laughs> didn't I write, didn't write it. it. Um... So is he really better than everyone else? Because I don't think he is. No. I think he's just as bloodthirsty as everyone else. He's just like... Yeah, because I just I, I mean pretty much <clears throat> Katniss and Finnick have killed people in self defense. They haven't just gone in their districts and killed people. That, when you're in this arena and they have the ability to kill, they have. Because PETA really doesn't have I don't think PETA's, a great ability I don't think to PETA's do strong, it. But like what is like what defines strength then? I'm like, saying I'm saying pure physical strength of one on one combat. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> uh, I think they're all equally matched, I feel. I think they all You're have, right. Like, Finnick is definitely I feel better. like they all have, like, different strengths, though. So I it's mean, so difficult in, to put them like in one... a dark one... duel. If we put them all in a dark duel, who would win? <laughs> but... It'd be Finnick, and then Candace, and then Peta. I don't... Because Peta does not have, like... He's really good at using a sword. Wielding a sword. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Sure. Wielding a sword. Or, you know, using a trident, bow and arrow... And axe. Like, he doesn't have a one specific skill set. 100 pounds sack of flour. Yeah, you can't kill someone like that. There's no sacks of flour laying around an arena. No. That, I mean, not yet. They could make a new arena just for PETA, you know? That's not funny. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, I think killing someone in self-defense does not make someone a horrible person. Especially in this book. I mean, when you're, no. we're talking no. about in oh, society, God, no. that's Oh, God, different. no. No. I okay. Well, I was watching Law and Order Special Victims Unit. It, something happened, and the girl stabbed her attacker. Okay. And the cop said to her, "Good job." Mm-hmm. So I turned to my brother. I'm like, "Well, shouldn't she be arrested for killing him?" And he goes, "No, it's in self defense. So technically, like, you can't get arrested for that if you're in self defense." And that's what a lot of people say in court. That it's like, "Oh, it was in self defense." Yeah. But it's just it's weird that Susan Collins phrases it this way, like, "Oh, like." That all these characters are identifying Peta as a better person. Because he hasn't p- killed anyone in self-defense. I think that just makes him weak and pitiful. No. Honestly. I, I disagree. I don't think killing someone makes you stronger. I'm saying when you're forced to in the games and you have to rely on other people to kill for you, but maybe he that's does, weak. Maybe he doesn't rely on people. Maybe he doesn't want them to kill him for it. No. But he does, otherwise he'd have to do it himself. I just don't think... I don't think you classify Peta as weak because he doesn't kill people. I'm saying just just in this one area, in this one no, you're not. area of... I'm not saying overall he's weak, because he definitely has a lot of strong attributes, but I'm saying in the arena, he's not a strong player. Yes, he is. What does he bring to the table? He's just another mouth to feed, really, <laughs> in the group. <laughs> Kira, no, you're just you're basically just classifying him as if you don't kill somebody, then you're not strong enough. That's basically you're what not, you're saying. You're not helping your alliances if you're not <clears throat> getting rid of other players. But why do you... Ha- I don't think so. You need to get rid of but other like, players so you can but win. But why would you... Wouldn't you rather just let the other players kill themselves off? Like, that's how um, Annie won. Okay. If you can... I think the if you can avoid it, great. But if you can't, I feel like well, you gotta do it. Well, he's avoiding and He can avoid it. Like, they're, they all avoid it. I guess. <laughs> Well, right away, Finnick and, and Katniss. Right away, Finnick and Katniss start, you know, and, and Katniss starts saying that here. Obviously, um, Katniss and Peter are the more leadership figures in the group, but she, Katniss, says in her in her monologue, saying, "And how long did did I take to turn deadly? I sh- I shot to kill when I targeted Enobaria and Gloss and Brutus. So she was trying to kill them. Yeah. It just didn't work out for her that way." So, yeah. you know. So anyway, we we can move on, but Thank just you. An, just an interesting point there. Uh-huh. Um so we're nearing the end here. So 
it starts getting kind of tense between Finnick and Katniss because Katniss is still thinking, like, I need to get rid of him. And I think Finnick can kind of sense that. And because she just came down from the tree now that um, after seeing all the bodies and blood in near the cornucopia. And so, um, so anyway, so Pete is between them and saying that he, he thinks that maybe there's water on the other side of the hill, so they need to keep um, progressing up the hill. Okay. So Katniss sees this rippling square um, ahead of her, ahead of the whole group she's with, Peta, Mags, and Finnick. And so when they were in the training center, BT and Myris pointed it out to her, like, oh, see that? That means there's a, a the force field is there because it separated the game makers from all the uh, tributes, victors, whatever we want to call them. And... So then she starts realizing that's a force field, but before she realizes, before she can say anything, um, Peter walks right into it. Oh, because again, he uh, he's in the front, kind of um, cutting all the vines so that they can have a path. So he's useful. Sorry, he's useful. All right, sure. <laughs> so then oh they God. hear a quote sharp zapping sound, and Peter's flung back, crashing into Finnick and Mags. Um, and so then Caddis is calling his name, and he's not breathing. And then um, the last bit here is, I, I press my ear against his chest to the spot where I always rest my head, where I know I will hear the strong and steady beat of his heart. Instead, I find silence. Drama. And that's where we oh end. <laughs> so that next chapter is the CPR chapter. That was good. So that, that was definitely, we're getting there. Like, yeah. we only have eight chapters left, but we're finally in it. It's yeah. weird to think that there's 27 chapters in each book. So we're, that was chapter 19, and that was the first chapter of the games. It's, the games are really short. And I feel yeah. like when I think of Catching Fire, that's mostly what I think of, like the games, but because they they're really so, so like, because it's so action-packed in the games. Yeah. And the rest of it, I just feel like, it's so annoying. Yeah. Because we were saying, like, the whole time while we were getting here, when are they going to start? We can't just keep having all this stuff happen. Like, that makes mm-hmm. no sense. Right. There has and to be some reason behind it. <laughs> and it's also weird that, like, I feel like Mockingjay has a lot less material and Catching Fire has way more. Like, they should have well, split the second book instead of the third book. It was material. Oh, material. Mockingjay, she's, like, all, like, depressed and suicidal and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Not good stuff, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, not good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, all that, like... All that? of that traumatic Exactly. Stress. So, it's, like, just basically just her and her inner turmoil. Yeah. And although she doesn't, like, come out and say how she's feeling, she, you can infer... That, like, she's going, she's gone through all of this, and she lost Peter. And sometimes she does. Sometimes, you know. And even certain things she'll do, like, she'll go into that closet, that storage closet in oh, District yeah. 13, and just hang out there, and, yeah. you know. Um, but we'll get to all that when we get to Mockingjay. Oh, my God. So. All right, so, thanks, Kira, for that was, that was a really good one. Chapter thanks. review. So, we're going to move on to a new segment. Um, it's called Would You Rather? And this is um, the segment where we would pose "Would you rather" questions related to the world of Panem. So Panem, Panem, Panem. So we'll just do one today. Yeah. And so we'll, we're both going to answer this question, um, but I'll ask. We'll discuss it. it. Yeah. Make me feel better. Um, so are you, are you down today? No, it's, uh, it's okay. You seem it's high. Just, <laughs> I seem high today. No, I mean like I seem happy high. Today. I seem high. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did a shot before I came on here. <laughs> oh my god. Beer was my choice. <laughs> Your producer made me want two shots um, and a beer, but the beer was my decision. We're quoting Jennifer Lawrence again. Yeah, I'm, I don't actually drink this. this isn't oh, that reminds hour. me. Before I forget, what? we keep quoting Jennifer Lawrence, but I actually have a Twitter handle, a Twitter account for Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> quotes. You can follow it. At J Law quote, and every day, um, I post. Yeah, you get a J Law quote, a Jennifer Lawrence quote. Um, so just you know, a little perk of your day because everyone needs a little Jennifer Lawrence in their everyone day. Everyone needs. I watch those videos like whenever all the I'm time. stressed. If you're ever stressed out <laughs> or feeling down, watch a Jennifer Lawrence interview, funny moments, bloopers, everything. Just watch yeah. them. It'll make you yeah. feel so much better. My producer goes to me, "You're gonna have to gain some weight for this role," and I'm like, "No, no problem. problem. I'll get right on that." <laughs> Is it really hard for you to? Um, Get out of your character being catch. She goes, oh, no, it's super easy for me. I don't get into my characters. Whenever they call caught, I'm, like, thinking about food or something. <laughs> She's so funny. Food is my favorite part of the day. 
Okay. Anyway, you get a ton of that. So follow yeah, it like, at J Law Quote. Quote. Yeah. Singular. Quote. 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 Okay. So the would you rather question is, would you rather be hijacked? So hijacked would be what Peter was um, in Mockingjay when his memories were altered or be an Avox. So you want me to answer first? Yeah, I want you to answer first. I actually didn't think of this. Like, I prepared, you know, the show and everything, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't actually, like, think of it. Well, think of it now. <sighs> okay, I gotta get into character You now. gotta get into um, character. See, hijacking an Avox. See, an Avox, just to remind you guys, like, Avox, you get your tongue spliced out. I know what that is. So, I'm kind of just helping myself think out loud here. So, <laughs> that would mean I can't talk anymore. That means I couldn't podcast. So, well, that might be a little bit of an issue. Of course, there's so much government control that I probably wouldn't be able to anyway, especially since I'm talking about the Capitol. So there's that. Then being hijacked, all your memories are tainted and everything. I would I would rather be an AVOX. So I wouldn't want my memories to be tainted, so I would probably want to be an AVOX. Because I could learn sign language. <laughs> and I think the the language of ASL, ASL? I think ASL is awesome. I've actually been trying to teach myself that, and I'm so excited to take a college course in, um, in the fall. But, yeah, I'm... I'm into that. So, okay. anyway, so I my answer is to be an AVOX because I could learn sign language, and my memories are really important to me, so I wouldn't want to lose that because that's losing everything from your past. And not even losing it. It's not like it's gone, you just start over. They're all tainted, so, like, any good memories you've had, pretty much, I mean, it depends what kind of hijacking we're talking about, but I'm talking about, like, extreme. So, you would have all those tainted, like, happy memories would be, like, You'd be afraid of them, or you'd be stressed out, or you'd get really angry, and I couldn't do that. See, so, yeah, I would be hijacked. I'd rather you'd be, be hijacked. hijacked. Yeah. You would lose the memories of me. You'd yeah. remember me as, like, evil and, like, yeah. trying to kill I would you. Like, I would like to see what it like to be a different person, create an altered, like, different personality of myself. You'd have to, like, reinvent yourself completely. Yeah. You couldn't be friends with people that you're friends now, like your family. Like, you'd have to completely start over. Yeah. I would and do you'd that. like that. I would do that. I would do oh, it. Boy, I hate change. So. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't oh, do that's that. That's how life is. So yeah, I'd be an Avox. Yeah, no. So I'd be hijacked. That's just how it is. I'm maybe probably... th- maybe that's how I became an Avox. Prob- maybe that's because you cut my tongue out. <laughs> I'm hijacked. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably just playing devil's advocate just to give you maybe. something to argue about. That, that's good though. Sometimes well, we need that. <laughs> no problem. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> All right, so that was a Would You Rather for today. Um, yeah, you guys can send in your own Would You Rather questions. We'll give you credit on the show and everything. Yeah. Um, you can send them to us at nightlockpodcast at gmail.com. And also include your answer, because that's always fun to read on the show, what you guys think. Um, yeah, we love reading it. Uh, listener stuff. Definitely. Makes us feel better that we're actually doing something beneficial with our lives. Right. Um, <laughs> Being productive. Yeah, we're actually, doing something, we're actually doing something useful. So we're going to move on to Capital Opera. Um, you guys know how this works. We just pick a song that, well, now it's free game, so we're picking anything that relates to any part in any book within the series. Um, so today, we here and I both agreed on this one. We're going to do... I was so excited when he Kiss. played this song. Yeah. So um, this is a... I'm trying to do more popular songs, like, screw the classical music. Like, come on, we're going, like, Once popular stuff. Once in a while, but, like... Um, but not too, like, annoying popular. Like, no. good music that is popular. Exactly. So, yes. um... We're gonna we don't do... play bad music on this show. Oh, no. Bad music don't fly by me. Um, oh, God, excuse me. <laughs> Told you I did a shot. I just can't. Um, Wait, stop saying that because people will actually think we drank before the show. We didn't. This, this we're quoting Jennifer Lawrence this isn't because we're promoting though. my new Twitter handle, which is at jlogquote. <laughs> Look it says. Ivy Merrill. Um... Alright, so All right, keep going, we're going to do um, Demons by Imagine Dragons. Um, so if you guys know the one, It's Time by Imagine Dragons, this is this another song on that album. So uh, we're going to go and uh, keep it going. When the days are cold and the cards all fold and the saints we see are all made of gold when your dreams all fail and the wounds we the worst of all and the bloods run stale I wanna hide the truth I wanna shelter you but with the beast inside there's nowhere we can hide no matter what we breed we still are made of greed this is my kingdom come this is my kingdom come 
Alright, so, I really love that song, and, um, since I'll start, so, um, one quote that really got me, I got a lot of good stuff here, is, um, saints we see are all made of gold. So, it's just kind of, like, that illusion that, this idea of, like, perfection, and that, like, these people that we believe in, we always think that we're, per- that they're perfect, and that they can do no wrong, they have no flaws, mm-hmm. which obviously is going to be our downfall. That we, that we like, strive for this, like, idea of perfection and always aspire to be the people who we admire. And eventually we're going to realize that we're not going to ever be them. So that's when we collapse and that's when we become corrupted. That's kind of like, I'm saying, like, Katniss wants to live up to, like, her father. Like, how he was a great archer and great provider for the family. And But in her case, I feel like it kind of worked. Well, no, it didn't because Prim died. So, I feel like she wanted to be like him and keep the family, like, together, but she could yeah. never quite get that. Okay. So, kind of making what you said into Hungry Games talk. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. And also, um, taking what? it a completely different direction. Say okay. the quote again, the gold quote. Uh, Saints we see are all made of gold. I think the capital citizens are kind of seen as, like, oh, they're the good people, and they're kind of, and I mean, they literally have gold and a lot of other things. So they're kind of put up on a pedestal almost. But really, they're not good people. It's the people in the districts that are good people. So okay. it's kind of, as you said, like an illusion. Like it's not, it's not what it appears to be. Okay. Um, yeah, that's definitely true. I agree with that. Um, also, I found uh, the beast inside nowhere we can hide. Which is like that inner um, monster animal that like our little, little monsters, our little monster, um, which is like the demon, as the song is saying, like the demon inside of us that like we're too ashamed to unleash, but at times we have to let it out to like survive, survive. or to like, let it let the stress out. Almost. Exactly, and so essentially, like some people let their demons out all the time, and some people are just naturally like like myself are just naturally. <laughs> I that. was gonna point at you, but I didn't want you going on about yourself. <laughs> I'm naturally minutes. like that evil person like that's just how they are um and then some people like don't ever reveal themselves and then at times when like the high the stress and the anxiety come out that's when like they unleash everything so um and i think overall the song of demons and everything shows like when you're in the games you're kind of forced to have your inner demon come out in right. order to survive which i kind of already said but that's more of a blanket statement I feel it. That makes sense. Um, and then the two two more things. Um, I am hellbound, which is like, I, I don't know, just something about that quote just gets me that like, the whole thing is that like, um, the song is saying that I'm going to protect you from this, from my demons, but at the same time, I'm doing this and I already know what's going to be my fate. So it's kind of like going into the Hunger Games, like Katniss is going now, that she's going in just to protect PETA. Right. So she's doing this just because that she wants him to survive. And she knows that she's going to knowing that she's going to die. Like, she's bound for death. Okay. And she's kind of accepted that. And she's moving on and going to do her best to protect yes. Peta, even if that means she's going to die. Yes. She's accepted that consequence. Right. And I just kind of said both my things at the same time. So mm-hmm. um, I think piggybacking on that, the quote, I want to hide the truth. I want to shelter you. Did you say that? Or you said something I never said that. that. Okay. <laughs> I never said I that. I never said that. <laughs> so that quote, I wanna hide I wanna hide the truth. Maybe I missed the I don't know. And shelter you. Um I feel like this relates to actually the trailer that we discussed in the last episode. Um, the part where Katniss um is talking to Prim and saying that, you know, you man, I forget the exact quote. Do you know what well, scene I'm talking about in the trailer? The Oh, uh, I give you I give you an opportunity to to, uh, to give, live. You've given me you've given me a uh, you've given me an opportunity yes to live, no to do something. Right. And Damn. so I feel like Katniss is very protective of her and she's finally she's been protecting her all her life, but since she got into the games, she's it's been a lot harder to protect her. Okay. And so she wants to hide certain things from Prim and shelter her, but at the same time, that's she can't anymore. Right. And we see that in Mockingjay in the final battle and everything when she goes in to help the children and she ends up getting blown up because of it. So, like, it's kind of Katniss is like she doesn't have control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
another random quote is we still we are still made of greed and i think that's again relating to the capital that they're just completely greedy and that they don't they don't think of what other people are going through and what their lives well, that's are like well that's kind of how we are too we're very anthropocentric um god <laughs> AP biology um so it's just like you sounded so smart until you said that. I know. Um, but that's just like how we are. We just constantly think about ourselves. We, I mean, we pity others who are less fortunate. But for, it, for a like, couple of minutes. For a couple and of minutes. On. And then we're just like, oh, I feel bad about them. But at the same time, it's like, well, that's their lives and we need to worry about ours. But at the same time, I also feel like people who live in like developed countries and who have ever, like the basic necessities, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like once they have like the certain levels meet the basic needs and they move on to like higher things that's where i think we start to get into like these aspects of life and like who we actually are whereas the people who are in developing countries who struggle every day to find food that's all they care about they're not really thinking of like what's my purpose in this world or like what What do i I want to do with my life exactly they're just more of like thinking okay where am i going to get food today so i think that's where like a lot of like anxiety and stress and depression and like also like happiness and joy come from because we already have the basic needs and that gives us, opens more doors for us to like think more, um, I want to say a big word, but I can't think of a big word. Oh God. Think, just think more like openly, like just, Mm -hmm. like just think more insightfully and more creatively. That's a good point. That's a good point to end on for the song. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, You're welcome. You're so welcome. So, um, that will be on the website when I actually get around to updating that. Yes, um, <laughs> you should, since yeah. you don't have classes anymore, yeah, really. And, okay. So. so, as always, you can email us with any comments about the show, um, this show, or previous shows, uh-huh. anything. We love getting emails, so please keep sending them. They make my day when you guys send emails. <laughs> that and Jennifer Lawrence quotes. Jennifer Lawrence quotes makes my day so much better. Again, that's uh. nightlockpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. And also, um, last episode, we um, announced our partnership with um, the Catching Fire Hot Minute with featuring Lucas Strong. And so it's a new project we're involved in. Um, his Twitter handle is StrongIfiable. And he hosts a web show every Friday that catches fans up on the latest Catching Fire news in one minute. So really, it doesn't take that long to watch. It's a right. minute. Like, Sometimes it's, it's, it's a little over. It takes but. us 20 minutes. It'll take him one minute. Right. <laughs> and we go over news from usually three weeks or so. Yeah. So that's a good way to keep updated when we don't um, release every week and everything. Um, so if you go into our website at com and go to the affiliates tab, just click the Catching Fire Hot Minute banner to access the show. You can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash nightlockpod, P-O-D. That's our Twitter handle, nightlockpod, P-O-D. And subscribe us on iTunes. All those links are located on our website, nightlockpodcast.com, for your convenience. As always, we like iTunes reviews as well. Emails and iTunes reviews, those are the best. Um, So definitely um, write those because we like reading them. Um, And it's also a phenomenal way to attract other Hungarians fans like yourselves so they can enjoy listening to us too. And then, you know, you guys can talk about the show to each other. So it's a great little community we have going on. And we highly recommend that you guys keep on our Twitter because, you know, there might be uh, some live shows coming up. Maybe. You never know. You definitely have to check that out. So if you want to subscribe to our email alerts, if you don't have time to you know, check Twitter all the time, which you should anyway, but if you really don't have time, you could definitely subscribe to our email alerts um, so that you're updated on any major announcements or new episodes released. Basically, whenever we make a change um, to the website, to the main um, page there, you get an alert. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can sign up in the sidebar of our website, and I'll say it one more time in case you don't know it by now, nightlockpodcast.com. All right, so thank you guys for uh, tuning in to us. And, uh, yes, and we will see, see you, you in June for the next episode. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> We could do evergreen content beforehand, and then, like, evergreen content is content that, like, never goes out of, like, oh. never gets outdated. I thought you mean everdeen content? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Ever, ever, everdeen content? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, evergreen content is, like, a term, like, you use for content that uh. is always relevant. I wrote a blog post on it. You can check it out at cahoots.net slash blog. Okay, done. Electricity and wires. I thought it was this bread keeps me alive. It's this blood. I've been saying it wrong for a year. Yeah. Oh my god.
So we totally missed it on the song Rules. Um, Rules. Yeah, that was it. That they refer to PETA being hijacked in the oh line. Which God. one was it, Matt? Um, you tell me that you hear me and all your memories are real, but how do I know you don't just feel what you've been told to feel? Because everybody's telling you, oh, yeah, you love Katniss. You love Katniss. But now you hate her. But you've been hijacked, so you've been trained to hate her now. And it's so cool oh, that that so was cool. the Hunger Games companion CD. And it's relating to Mockingjay. Without I, giving it away to I an give credit to person. Jamie D for that. That is awesome. That is so cool. Okay. 26 episodes later, we're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. 